Nolan Arenado arrived at camp and raised some eyebrows after discussing the leadership in the clubhouse last season. Plus, we discussed the opening day roster and more with Thomas Govain from RedbirdRants.com on today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan, and I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter, actually, J.D. Sports Radio, as well as the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. We want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day, free and available wherever you get podcasts. We're also available on YouTube. Make sure you like, subscribe, and comment. That way you're interacting with us. Hit the notification button so you know when new episodes are posted. Don't want to miss those because this is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Today's episode brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Whether it's uh, sporting events, whether it's concerts, I know a lot of stuff is starting to get going. That is where game time is going to come in key for you guys. So use that code locked on and get 20 bucks off your first purchase. All right. Uh, once again, Thomas Govain from RedbirdRants.com joining us here today. Thomas, how are you? Are you feeling better after the uh, the, the Super Bowl hangover? Is it all over? Like, you guys, are you good now? Yeah, it's, the city was, was pretty excited that day. Tough to see it end the way it did on the parade. But overall, the, the game was great to watch, exciting. It's always fun when it ends in the fourth corner, overtime as close as it was. Yeah, yeah, and I, uh, I'm assuming everybody's safe in your family from uh, what went on with uh, the rally afterwards, which was, uh, like you mentioned, unfortunate incident there. Yeah, we all stayed away. Um, I'm a teacher, so we were open in school that day. We had a couple of students down there, but they all came back just fine. Good. So it was good. Good, good, yeah. I text my brother that day. I go, I'm assuming you're not down there because he's got three little <laughs> yeah. ones, and he's like, yeah, we didn't even think about doing that. So uh, that no. was uh, at least good news for uh the household, but uh, pretty usual, you know, your thoughts and prayers go out to everybody that was involved in that. And hopefully uh, they catch everybody that was involved. All right, let's move on to Cardinal baseball, which, uh, you know, we, we had a tough year in 2023. We all know this. Everybody knows this. Unfortunately, that now that pitchers and catchers have arrived, players are starting to arrive. Um, we're rehashing things from last year because we got to, we got to talk about it and then get over it, which is what the theme of spring training seems like. Uh, if you've heard or seen any of the media sessions that John Mozeliak or Ali Marmol have had, that's one of the first things they mention is like, we know last year sucked and we got to move on from it. We're all trying to do that. We understand you're going to ask questions about it right now, but we just want to get it out there that let's talk about it a little bit now. And then we're turning the page. We don't want to, we don't want to dwell on 2023 anymore. Well, Nolan Arenado has arrived at camp, and he ended up, um, as I mentioned in the intro, raising a few eyebrows yesterday. Uh, obviously, it was a tough year for Nolan Arenado, but uh, he ended up um, being kind of candid about how things went last year, specifically uh, when he was talking to Jeff Jones from the Belleville News. Um, they, they asked him about leadership in the clubhouse, and I'm just going to read this quote verbatim for everybody. Uh, Nolan Arenado's response to this was, our team was just all young guys. 
And I don't mean this in a bad way, but they kind of overran the clubhouse. And usually the veterans run the clubhouse. And I don't mean that in a way that they were disrespectful. It wasn't anything like that, but there was just so many of them. And I think if you want to get the best out of young guys, they've got to see how the veterans do it. All-stars and players who have been there before, and then that's how you get them better. But if they don't have those types of figures, it's hard for that to happen. I know me and Goldie were there, but there's only, it doesn't, we're not really vocal people either. So it's nice to have Carp who's not afraid to go up to people and talk to them and hold people accountable so that's the quote which uh, i've retweeted from uh jeff jones's site or his twitter x uh, uh account which is at jm jones if you guys don't give him a follow he's actually going to be joining the show uh throughout spring training uh, to tell us a little bit more about things that are going on since he's lucky enough to be in jupiter where it's nice and warm time <laughs> isn't that covered in snow like oh, it is in crazy. st louis <laughs> but anyway um that was the quote from nolan arenado what is your take from that because people are on both sides of the fence here. Some people are like, Nolan, why, why are you being so wimpy? Like, why couldn't you take control? And they see it as a leadership fault on his side. And then there's the other side who are understanding of what maybe Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt are as far as their way of being leaders in a clubhouse. And it maybe just didn't fit what style of people they are. Where do you sit on this, Thomas? I'm more of the, they just needed different voices in there, the more optimistic side. Um, He said there in the quote two or three different ways that the young players are definitely not at fault here. Uh, They're just going in there doing their work. I think that Arenado is getting at the fact that he is more of a lead by action more than a lead by words kind of guy. And the same with Paul Goldschmidt. Those two will be out there early on the field. They'll be out there late after games but they're not going to be the guys who are yelling at everybody in the clubhouse. They're not going to be the fire beneath the people. That's what Lance Lynn and Matt Carpenter are there to do, which is exactly what Mosellock's been saying all offseason as to why they brought them in. Yeah, and I agree with you. Where And when we got Arenado from Colorado, nobody was really sure. Like, Because sometimes you'll see Nolan go berserk yeah. on the field like with energy and passion, and you're like, oh, my gosh, is that who you see all the time? And it's not. It's, you know, those are those are bursts that come out of him. Like if you throw up and in at him a couple of times, you've seen that where he got a little worked up about that. You saw it in that opening series with the Reds uh, his first year here when the uh, whole Nick Castellanos flex move on Jake Woodford at home plate. He got really worked up about that. But other than like a, a home run or two here or there, it, it, that's not really him. Like he's uh, he's a passionate guy. He wants to do really well. He doesn't like being embarrassed like he felt like he was last year and how the team was last year. But those are things that he really kind of keeps inside. We all know talking to Goldie is like talking – it's like watching paint dry. Like there's nothing exciting comes out of Paul Goldschmidt. He just goes out, does his job, does his business, and takes care of things. And – you know, it's why this offseason where people are like, why are they bringing in all these guys who just maybe th- there's better players out there? And it's like you mentioned, it's all about culture in the clubhouse. I mean, how many times did they bring that up this offseason, that word culture? And, uh, you know, it's great to have these guys that lead by example in the clubhouse, but you got to have other guys that take control. I mean, doesn't it say something when people were calling Andrew Kisner the captain last year? <laughs> I mean, yeah. come on, he's A your back catcher. Yeah. Yeah, that's not that's not how it's supposed to go. That's not right. supposed to go that way at all. So 
bringing in Sonny Gray, who continues to just blow my mind to do everything right, in my opinion, with the way yes. his bullpens are going and the way he talks to the media. Um, also, Lance Lynn. Obviously, we know that he's a, a sandpaper guy that's been here in St. Louis before. And then uh, getting Matt Carpenter back, who uh, has been here during some successful runs and can lead by not only example, but help these other younger guys understand what the Cardinal way is and get back to that uh, style of baseball once again. What are your thoughts on all that? I think that's the key that they're going to going towards is the Cardinal way again. I mean, Matt Carpenter is here for, what, eight years, I think. And he toiled through the minors in the system. Daniel Descalzo is now a coach. He was in the Cardinal way. Ali Marval has been in the Cardinal way. For as much chagrin as that phrase gets, it seems to be that's where they're heading back to or wanting to reach again. Because it worked. It was a yeah. winning formula back in the day. Now, the Cardinal way has been altered a little bit because it has to, because you got to stay up with the times, and that's where problems occurred the last couple of years. It wasn't just last year. Things just imploded last year, but mm -hmm. the they haven't won much in the postseason over the last few years either. So uh, there's part of the Cardinal way that continues to work on how you act in a clubhouse, how you are on the field, how you take care of your business day in and day out. And then there's the other side of it where it's like, okay, now we need to learn different things to do on the field that'll make yep. this team more successful, different styles of players. And uh, that's why they brought in all these new guys. That's why you've yep. got, uh, I think, um, I think Mo said that there's like 15 new members of the, on the 40 man roster. I think I counted the other day. They made 13 different acquisitions this off season. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, that is some serious turnover, which I mean, obviously when your team stinks, that's something you want to do. <laughs> Yet They were yep. able to keep a lot of those really good players uh, that's still intact, and that that young core is still intact. They didn't trade anybody away. But let's talk about – this is the tease, though, because we want to get into what the opening day roster is going to be. Uh, I know it's very, very early. Obviously, we haven't even had our full squad workouts yet at Jupiter, but it, it's it's something that you brought up in an article at RedbirdRants.com. So we're going to jump into that next. But let us know your thoughts on the Nolan Arenado comments. Do you take those as a sign of weakness? From Nolan, or do you understand where he's coming from? And now you kind of get why guys like Gray, Lynn, Carpenter, Descalso, all the guys Thomas mentioned are now a part of this Cardinals Major League roster. So uh, let us know in the comments down below. But uh, we'll talk about opening day roster stuff coming up next on Locked on Cardinals. You shouldn't have to worry when it comes to buying tickets for your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all of your favorite things, whether it's sports, whether it's music, comedy, theater, events near you. I mean, I know the uh, the Blues are on quite a run right now, so you want to uh, get your hands on some tickets to go see the St. Louis Blues down at Enterprise. You can do that with the Game Time app. They've got killer last-minute deals. They've got all-in prices, so that way you're not, like, Wait a second. It said that they were this price, and now you're adding all these fees, and it's like triple the amount. They'll give you the all-in prices, so it's not like you're getting fooled by anybody. You get views from your seat, so you know exactly where you're going to be at, plus the best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets for, again, any event that you can think of. So download the Game Time app, create your account, and use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem the code locked on. That's L O C K E D O N for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. 
Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports today is here for you, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. And again, thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. Leave your comments. Don't be shy. Leave comments on YouTube as well as on Twitter X anytime you want. You don't always have to agree with what we're saying. Let's have a discussion. Let's talk about it. Your feedback is always welcome and encouraged. Um, Thomas Govain from RedbirdRants.com joining us again today. And uh, we're going to link the uh, article here in our uh, show notes and uh, down in the uh, the uh, information and stuff below on YouTube. But uh, predicting who makes the St. Louis Cardinals opening day with spring training just getting started, we know things are going to change. It, it's inevitable. There's going to be some injuries or something's going to happen. So don't mark these down in permanent ink and then yell at us <laughs> if something gets altered because we don't know. But we can give you a, a guesstimate on what this roster might look like because uh, another thing that's been brought up in the media sessions with Ali and with uh, with John Mosellock was where is the real competition for this team? Yeah. Because a lot of positions look like you kind of know where they're going to go with things uh one of those spots is certainly the starting rotation which uh you've got the three veterans they signed this off season and you've got some guys that were were here already tell us about the rotation and what you think it's going to look like thomas assuming nobody gets hurt this is probably the most settled spot <laughs> yeah, <right>. fingers crossed <laughs> yeah this is probably the most settled spot on the roster sonny gray miles michaelis kyle gibson lancelin and steven Matz will be the five apparently there could be a sixth uh, that might be Zach Thompson or Matthew Libertor, depending on how they do in the spring. Uh, all five of these guys are penned in. They're not changing, assuming nothing catastrophic happens. But it's one of the oldest rotations in Cardinals history. I think it's the fourth oldest. I did a piece a few months back on it. The average age is just a smidge above 30 to 35. Mm -hmm. So experience, I guess you could swing it, not just age, but yeah. I, <laughs> With Sonny Gray at the top as the ace, he'll he'll lead the team. I think Miles Michaelis has the ceiling of a three, possibly swim better if he can turn back the clock a couple of years. Steven Matz, to me, is probably our second best pitcher. He won't pitch more than 30, 130 innings, but he probably has the most talent. And then on a war per 162 game basis, he is near Sonny Gray. Which is saying something, considering uh, Sonny Gray was just second for the AL Cy Young Award yeah, right. in uh, in 2023. Uh, you mentioned the six-man rotation, which is something we talked about in a previous episode. Uh, what were your thoughts on them doing that? Because here's the thing. Everybody started freaking out, like, oh, my gosh, what are we doing now? Now we got six starters again. And yeah. The idea is because of the, the hectic schedule at the beginning of the season with the travel uh, in spring training, they normally like to be on a six-man rotation type of thing that just for the first couple of weeks, they thought that perhaps it might be a good idea. They haven't said they're going to do that. I personally didn't have a problem with it. I'm like, whatever keeps these guys fresh later on down in the season and keeps them healthy, I'm I'm all for. What were your thoughts on the six-man idea? Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of people took it as we have six starting pitchers again. And that's definitely <laughs> not what the quote was saying. It was saying we might need to throw in a sixth because April is a doozy. They have the Dodgers right away for four games. They see the Diamondbacks, the Padres, who are still very talented, the Phillies, the Marlins, and the Brewers, those five teams alone. They also go see the Mets. They play in the A's, so probably a sweep. 
And then the D Detroit Tigers, who are on the rise, especially after their additions this year. I think that the sixth starting pitcher gives the team some leeway. Um, it gives guys a little bit more of a rest. And you could swing it that Sonny Gray misses one or two starts by the end of the year. Instead of 34, he's at 32, which is still a fantastic amount of starts for your ace on the team. It's It seems like the best bet for a very tough April schedule. Yeah, it's, it's thinking ahead of the schedule is what it really is. It's not saying that like, oh, look how many starters we got. We're so good. <laughs> like, it's not... It's not like that. It's genuinely saying, like, we know these dudes are kind of old and we mm -hmm. want to keep them fresh and not put so much pressure on them right away when they're playing. And I think it was like 13 games in 14 days to start the season. Yeah. The whole idea is to not fall into the catastrophic pit that they fell in last April. <laughs> so that's that's the idea of this. Yeah. Uh, maybe you don't agree with it. You're like mad that they all five of them can't handle their business. But uh, the, the idea is to keep this to, you know, just kind of keep everything safe and to have a safety net there to keep yep. everybody healthy right away. Uh, let's move on to your catchers. This is an easy one too. Uh, your starting catcher, Wilson Contreras, your backup's going to be Yvonne Herrera. So not a lot of uh, drama there when it comes to who's going to make the roster, but let's move on to the, uh, to the infield here, uh, Thomas, in your, in your article um, infielders this year, an interesting grouping because you got a lot of guys who can also play other positions as well. Yes, uh, Paul Goldschmidt and Arnado in the corners, obviously. Shortstop, assuming his spring as well as Mason Wynn. If he struggles, it will be Tommy Edmond. And then Brendan Donovan and Nolan Gorman will get some sort of split at second base. The odd man out will get most of the reps at DH. The sixth man was different a month ago, and it was even more different two months ago. It's Matt Carpenter now. It was probably going to be Richie Palacio. And then when we traded him off, I was thinking one of Thomas Segesi or maybe even Cesar Prieto, Luke and Baker, Buddy Kennedy, any one of those guys. But when they signed Matt Carpenter to the league minimum deal, he probably slots in as the last spot, especially after the leadership comments recently. Now, do you think Matt Carpenter could see some time at second or third as well as first base this year because i mean he he's no he's no kid anymore and uh <laughs> it's not like he was a great defensive guy previously when he was in his prime right. uh he didn't kill you or anything like that but at this point of his career you know san diego last year used him exclusively at first base and dh uh you saw the yankees use him in the outfield a little bit because they wanted <laughs> to keep his bad in the lineup and that was whatever because uh, i think that's maybe the fear that some people mm -hmm. have is that they're going to bring him in and go, Carpenter's going to be our new Taylor Modern. He's going to play all the time and fill in and stuff, and uh, they're worried about that. Do you foresee that happening if everybody stays healthy? He was taking reps at third base the other day at spring training. Yeah. So sorry, yeah. fans, but um, I don't know. With Nolan Gorman being able to play third base, there's at least five different people who could play second base in the roster. I don't think he'll get those spots. He'll probably spell at first base for Goldschmidt and then maybe a touch in the outfield. But there's another guy out there who is the fifth outfielder who could play first and outfield too. So I yes. DH first base a little bit, maybe second base, but that's about it. And I did hear uh, the, the interview with Ali as far as what's going on with uh, Brennan Donovan's arm, where mm -hmm. he's been cleared to do a lot of stuff. Uh, they want to keep him at second base for now, just because of the limitations of throwing that he has. But they, they seem like he's going to be fine, barring any setbacks, that uh, he should be ready for uh, opening day and everything and uh, will likely be the starting second baseman for your St. Louis Cardinals. Now, you mentioned the outfielder. You've got 
four of them that have been talked about a lot. Then you got one guy that we're kind of like, is what's his role in 2024? Mm-hmm. What can you tell us about the Cardinals outfield in 2024? Uh, John Mosellock said it himself, Lars Newper will be in left, Edmund in center, and then Jordan Walker in right. Dylan Carlson's the fourth outfielder, and then Alec Burleson would be the fifth. Uh, Burley lost some weight. He focused on his defense this offseason. That was one of his offseason homework projects given by the team. So I think his bat performed really well in the minors. I think he could have some success up in St. Louis. He is corner outfielder, probably left field primarily, and then first base and designated hitter, as is most of the other players in this team, it seems like sometimes. But Tommy Edmond getting a full run in center will be exciting. He had five outs above average last year in limited appearances. Jordan Walker's been working on his defense, and his bat could be the most enticing bat on the team. And it's always exciting to see Lars Newbar out in the corner outfield. Yeah, you got to keep uh, you got to keep Newt healthy, which has been an issue. Yeah. Uh, Tommy, we're still not completely sure if he'll be ready yet. It's something that they're like, well, we'll wait and see. We got to see yeah. what he he can do health wise after having surgery. I don't know if you caught the video of Jordan Walker in the cage yesterday, but yeah. uh, apparently he has now grown. He continues to grow. You got to remember, he's 21. <laughs> 6'6", 259 is what, yeah. he, is what he weighed in at. 259, and it's not fat, you guys. It's muscle. Yep. Like they, uh, they they pointed out that his shoulders and the chest, everything upper body looks much larger than it was last year. And when people people laugh, but I was like, do you guys realize he's as big as Giancarlo Stanton? You just don't notice it, but he is. He's he's that guy right now. Close to Aaron Judge. Yeah, and he can throw, and he's 21. Like, this dude has so much potential. I'm so excited about And they said he was mashing balls over the wall. Granted, batting practice, spring training, whatever. I don't care. The fact (laughs) is, he's he's getting some lift on it, and uh, maybe we see a power surge out of him if if he continues to bulk up the way he does. Um, Yeah. I'm, I'm so excited for Jordan Walker this year. I, I think that's going to be a lot of fun uh, to watch. Now, a uh, quick question before we move on to the bullpen. Um, if Mason Wynn fails, and, and, and we don't think he's going to, but if something were to happen and it's really, really bad early on, and Tommy has to start playing more shortstop, um, do, you still, do you see Dylan Carlson being the everyday center fielder in that case? Or do you think if somebody like, you know, people are excited about Victor Scott. Do you think they bring him up and give him a shot? I don't think they do give Victor Scott a chance. They no. tried Jordan Walker from double A up to majors last year, and he had a hit streak at the beginning, but he wasn't ready for the major leagues. Uh, I would suspect that Carlson gets the field reps, and he his defense has gotten better as he's gone in his career in center. And even if he has an OPS around 725, 750, that's very good for a center fielder who has plus defense. And again, another guy that you just got to keep healthy. That's been his problems. It's, uh, you know, yeah, he can't really hit right-handed pitching all that well, but uh, the <laughs> other side is he's hurt all the time. So doesn't have a chance to uh, try to try to get better at that when uh, you're on the IL for a long time. So another yeah. guy in the outfield that um, I- I'm hoping for good. Th- I just want to see DC healthy. I want to yes. see him healthy and see what we can get out of him because I think the talent is there. And I just think it's been a shame that the last couple of seasons have been lost because of all of the injuries. All right, we're going to jump into the bullpen. And I want to talk a little bit more about Wilson Contreras, something that he's been working on this offseason to be. He's specifically trying to get better at a certain thing that Thomas wrote about. So we're going to get into that next year 
on Locked on Cardinals. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. I was talking with Thomas before uh, we started the show. He was shopping with the family earlier. I'm sure he would have loved to have had another extra $150 to go spend on things as a new dad and everything. I am sure he needs that. I'm going to be moving places here real soon. I would love to have some extra cash, and FanDuel is a fun way to go about and try to get that into your pocket. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams. They've got the quick bets. They've got the live same-game parlays, exclusive props. Uh, you got All-Star Weekend going on, but the boys will be back on the uh, on the court uh, coming up next week. So uh, make sure you're locked into what's going on with FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash on. And shoot your shot. Try to make some extra dough and have some fun with it with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Once again, we're joined by Thomas Govain from RedbirdRants.com. And uh, a reminder that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows Covering every league, go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, so uh, a place where I'm excited about the competition for the opening day roster when it comes to the bullpen because there are a lot of new faces, a lot of new names that were acquired not only at the deadline last year to give us some competition for what's going on here, but also this offseason where they have made some trades like the Tyler O'Neill trade to Boston. And so there are a lot of names that are going to be competing for a spot here in spring training, and we might see some shifting as far as the way things are done in their bullpen this year. There's going to be some guys you haven't heard of. There's going to be some familiar guys like Ryan Housley and stuff. But uh, who are you thinking and predicting to make the bullpen – this year in 2024, Thomas? The three main guys would be Ryan Helsley, Gallegos, and Jojo Romero. They've got the track record. They have a familiarity with the team. They'll get back into the bullpen. Uh, Keenan Middleton and Andrew Kittredge are the next two guaranteed spots. We acquired both of them through free agency and trades, respectively. And then my guys for the last three spots, which are probably the most competitive on the roster this year, are Andre Pallante, Zach Thompson, and Ryan Fernandez. Okay, so if we're going there, that means no Matthew Libertor. You're gonna you're you're shipping him down to uh, Memphis to presumably work on just staying a starter, right? Yeah, working on the stuff that he needs to keep himself successful in the majors. Now, uh, some other names that have been brought up uh, this off season of guys who could be competing for spots in the bullpen. Um, you've got Riley O'Brien, which was uh, the guy they got from the Mariners. Uh, is there anything specific about him that maybe you're like, eh, I, don't, I don't think he's going to make this roster? I don't know if the Cardinals are fully committing to him being on the major league roster. He was a nice pickup. He's got fantastic stuff, but he feels like a Guillermo Zuniga. Guillermo Zuniga, part two. Great stuff. Okay. Not quite putting up the numbers. How about John King? The veteran lefty. Yeah. I did not see his name in the list there. This is what I mean. Is like I'm excited about the competition here because you've got a lot of guys who are going to make these decisions difficult. So John King not on there. How come? Um, I prefer Pelante's upside to John King's 
regular consistency. Puente is reverse splits, so he is essentially left-handed pitcher, and I think that his ceiling is a little bit higher than John King's. And you hope that he does turn things around because not last year, but 2022, yeah. we liked what we saw out of Palante. And you were like, wow, this guy is, looks like he's going to be a weapon. And from the get-go last year, from the World Baseball Classic, like he wasn't good there. And it just continued throughout the season. It was a rough yeah. year for Palante. So uh, a bounce back year. Nobody's going to get upset about that if uh, that ends up coming to fruition. All right. Uh, let's talk about Wilson Contreras here, Thomas, because, uh, you know, he caught a lot of flack last year. Uh, clearly because everybody has been coming to his aid and saying, look, it wasn't all Wilson. This that was bad. It shouldn't have been that way. And Wilson being the professional that he was, uh, took it in stride and, uh, was still able to become one of the best hitters, not hitting catchers, but hitters in the game in the second half of the season last year, I, I, because the Cardinals were losing, I don't think people paid as much attention as they should have to how good Wilson Contreras was in the second half of the season last year, but he wants to work on being a catcher. He doesn't want to be a DH. He doesn't want to go play left field every once in a while. He wants to be the St. Louis Cardinals everyday full-time catcher, and he wants to be good at it. So there's a certain aspect of his game that he's paid more attention to than others this offseason. What was that? Because you wrote about it recently at RedbirdRants.com. Yeah, it's his pitch framing, and that's actually been one of the least – one of the worst parts of his game for his career. He's got a great arm. He is able to keep runners at bay, but his pitch framing has been something that he struggled with. Uh, looking at his charts last year on Baseball Savant, they use colors, thank goodness. And at the top of the zone, it was red, meaning he stole more strikes than the average. And then the middle two zones and in the bottom three were both blue, especially in the bottom, meaning that he, he has a hard time framing outside pitches and then pitches down low. I was never a catcher. But from what I've read and from what I understand, the new mo mode of catching is starting on one leg, keeping the glove lower in the dirt, and then sweeping it up as the ball comes in. It tricks the umpire's eyes. If you start up high and you jerk down low, it's going to be it's going to look more like a ball than it would be a strike. So by him starting lower and sweeping it up, it frames the pitch in a better way. And there's been footage of uh, of that posted out there. Uh, I believe you. Did you throw one out there? There was uh, no. It was um, Cardinals Reek on Twitter. Uh, Jacob, okay. I think it, he posted on his main account though. But it was like uh, him and his brother doing it side by side, and yeah. how he's been working on things. And obviously, uh, when you get that one guy, what's his name? Yadier Molina. Is that is that how you say yeah. it? When he gets. <laughs> And arrives into camp and stuff. Obviously, these are some things where, uh, and I'm sure Wilson's already talked to him about this stuff. But you know, seeing them together, working on stuff together, will be nice uh, when he's back from the winter ball and vacation time with his family and stuff that that he's earned. And they talked about like Mo wasn't freaking out about that either. Where like people were like, "Oh my gosh, it means he doesn't want to be here." No, man, he needs some time away, dude. 24/7 baseball is not healthy for anybody. He wants to see his family. He wants to be around them. And uh, then he's going to come in. So when minor league camp uh, is, is the idea when uh, Yachty should be arriving is when minor league camp opens, too. They said that would be uh, a good time. It might coincide with that. But it'd be a couple of weeks. But these are some things that, you know, Yachty will be able to help Wilson with and Yvonne Herrera with. Uh, because it's not like Yvonne's been known as the, the greatest defensive catcher of all time either. So uh, these are some things they can work on. And let's be honest, if Wilson Contreras can be a better catcher as far as the way he's receiving the ball and how he's framing things um it's going to help this pitching staff where last year it was kind of doing them a disservice wasn't he 
Yeah, he was. Um, it's mixed reports, obviously, whether he was calling the wrong pitches or, or what the case was. But if he can continue his offensive output while continuing a strong arm and his blocking game, in addition to adding this framing touch, I mean, we could be looking at a top three catcher in baseball next year. That, and that's what we're hoping for because we know the dude can mash. That uh, That yeah. is for certain. So uh, we're going to have links to all of these stories that Thomas has written at redbirdrants.com. He continues to churn out fresh new product each and every day. Uh, he's endless because uh, with being a new dad, we were talking about this. You've got some late nights that you're able to write. <laughs> it's the middle of the night, actually. Yeah, that, that 1 to 4 a.m. stretch where I got nothing else to do because sleep is <laughs> But continue to give you guys fun things to uh, read and uh, discuss us amongst each other so do thomas a solid give him a follow on twitter x at thomas govain which is spelled g-a-u-v-a-i-n and then head on over to redbirdrants.com make sure you bookmark that because thomas and the rest of the writers over there they're doing fantastic work when things are breaking uh that's a great spot to uh to go check out and uh see exactly what they're talking about right away anything new coming down the pipeline that you want to uh tell everybody about thomas yeah i got in touch with uh one of the minor leaguers for the Cardinals. I'm not going to say his name or anything, but I'm interviewing him earlier in the week next week, and then I'll get something out by Wednesday, hopefully, about the interview. So, All right. Sounds good. Well, Thomas, as always, we appreciate you stopping in here, especially on a weekend, and uh, we'll catch you next week, buddy. All right. Take care, J.D. Thank you. And thank you guys for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. If you haven't already, please give us a follow on Twitter, X at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. Like and subscribe on YouTube, help our channel, and love for the Cardinals grow. You're the best fans in baseball for a reason, and we'll see you next time on Locked on Cardinals.